This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out with you on the Sports Better's Paradise, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel as we continue with our conference previews. And this conference may be, it's going to look a lot different uh, next year, but for this year, this is what we have Conference USA. And at the top of Conference USA, the highest win totals at eight and a half, Texas San Antonio, juice to the under minus 143, and UAB, juice to the over minus 134. Of course, Bruce Marshall and Paul Stone joins us. Nobody to break down the uh, group of five teams like these two guys. And Bruce, uh, I'll start with you. And looking back last year, it was Texas San Antonio upsetting Western Kentucky in a championship game. Yeah, and, and, you know, one comment about the CUSA, and this is a, a, a season of transition. This league knows how Steve Garvey felt when Cindy left him for Marvin Hamlish. When you lose three schools to the Sun Belt, Southern Miss, Marshall, and ODU, there you go. You're not supposed to lose league teams to a league like that. Now, they have several moving to the American. Six of these from this year are moving to the American for next year. But you're right. Last year, Texas-San Antonio, a real breakthrough uh, for Coach Jeff Trailer there. And very interesting. He signed a 10-year extension uh, with, with Texas-San Antonio. And that was against his agent's wishes, apparently. But he is a Texas guy. He likes it there. And this talk that maybe – and Paul's from down there, so he may have more insight in this. But he seems very comfortable uh, there. I actually think the coach, the coach on the move, on the upward move here, might be Tyson Helton at, at Western Kentucky more. Now, we'll get to them in a minute. There's some changes going on there with the coordinators and, 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 and all that record-breaking offense. But he is a Jimmy Sexton guy. Don't forget that. And Sexton is apparently very high on him. His brother is a Sexton guy, too. So, if there's a coach moving up from this league, a trailer if he wants to, but I'm not sure he does. I think Tyson Helton is the next coach we're going to see moving up from uh, CUSA. Yeah, Texas San Antonio has something uh, building uh, to what Frank Wilson started uh, in San Antonio and what this new staff has uh, has taken over. And speaking of coaches, Paul, I mean, what do you say? I mean, this might be a struggling league, uh, but this guy, Bill Clark, was a miracle worker taking over a program truly from scratch in UAB, retires back in June with a 49-26 and record. Yeah, I mean, uh, just incredible talking about the UAB Blazers, you know, after the school's football program was shut down after the 2014 season due to fiscal concerns. Uh, you know, they're shut down for two years. They're reinstated in 2017. They actually win Conference USA in their second season back in football in 2018. And uh, since their reinstatement, last five seasons, Clark won 68% of his games. Just a truly remarkable, I think one of the more remarkable feats in all of college football the last few years. Uh, but the Blazers uh, have to go forward without Clark. He retired unexpectedly to some of us in late June due to back problems. And former quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator Bryant Vincent 
has been appointed as the Blazers' interim head coach. Uh, so it's kind of a dress rehearsal. I'm sure if he has a banner season, he'll be in solid condition, uh, solid contention rather for the job. UAB, they return a pretty uh, solid core of players. Got a total of 14 starters back, including their quarterback, Dylan Hopkins, who started nine games last year. Uh, losses are heaviest in both of the Blazers' interior lines. Uh, one of the big losses, nose tackle Tyree Turner. They're going to be looking to replace their entire defensive front three. They do have running back Dwayne McBride back, who rushed for 1,371 yards. Got trips to LSU and Liberty in the non-conference. I slightly lean to the under, but it's not really an official play here. But uh, UAB, uh, total eight and a half there at Bet Rivers, slightly lean to the under. Uh, Bruce, I know you're looking at Texas San Antonio a little bit now that, again, the Conference USA champs, 12-2 and two, quarterback Frank Harris is back in. He's got all, all just about all of his receivers as well. Tough non-conference, though. Houston at Army in Austin against Texas. Uh, Texas San Antonio, you had an opinion on them. Yeah, and I this is no knock on Coach Trailer, but I, I think they're going to have trouble approaching what they did last year, and I'm, I, and I'm thinking maybe even an under on them at 8.5. Uh, because of that schedule, especially at the start there, Jimmy. I mean, you like you mentioned, Houston right off the bat, they do come into the Alamo Dome, uh, toss-up sort of game. That's when they could certainly lose Army, Texas. I mean, you could come out of that one and two right off the bat, and then you're really under the gun to try to get to nine wins to get to get over. Yes, every most a lot of the key guys are back, including Frank Harris, the lefty quarterback. He's got to stay healthy, though, and he has had some injury problems in the past. He goes down, they don't have much much behind him there, at least much experience. Now, we'll see if somebody could step up, but a lot is dependent upon him, and much of that offense is back from last year, too. They did cool off a bit at the end of last season, though. They didn't step up in the bowl game like I thought, and they lost that game uh, to, uh, to North Texas when they were ro- rolling unbeaten. But uh, things broke very well for them last year. This is a much tougher non-conference schedule. Uh, they are wearing a bigger target this year. They could be just as good a team as they were last year and end up at eight and four, uh, maybe even seven and five. So I think there's a little value to go under with them uh, at eight, eight and a half wins. Not my top pick in the league, but that's one I might look under. Paul, uh, it was uh, Paul Stone was on my radio show last August, and we were kind of peeking ahead to the college football season. And he was the first guy that I remember bringing up the name of Bailey Zappi. Well, he went to Western Kentucky, threw for almost 6,000 yards, 62 TDs. That broke uh, broke Joe Burrow's record. And uh, but, so they'll have to replace all of that. Now, the West Virginia transfer, uh, Seth Dogey, comes in. Uh, he is expected to be the starter. At Bet Rivers, the win total is eight under shaded, minus 125. Paul, I know this is a, a team and a win total that you're looking at. Yeah, I tell you uh, – I'll uh, just some news that just came down not long ago. Austin, uh, Austin Reed, actually, uh, who starred last year at Division II West Florida, threw for over 3,400 yards. He's been announced as the Hilltoppers' uh, starting quarterback. And okay. I think uh, that uh, the other quarterback, Doug, I think he transferred, uh, maybe transferred out. But uh, th- this uh, Western Kentucky team, their turnaround on offense last year was just incredible. Uh, they averaged just 19 points a game and 290 yards per game in 2020, ranked in the bottom 15 in both those statistical categories. They then went to the FCS route, specifically Houston Baptist. Uh, Tyson Helton did in an effort to try to uh, liven up and wake up that offense. Uh, went to Houston Baptist, got their offensive coordinator, Zach Kitley, who brought with him, uh, of course, Bailey Zappi and a host of receivers. 
So last year, they more than doubled their scoring average, 44 points a game, 535 yards a game in total offense. They went from ranking in the bottom 15 in both those categories, scoring offense and total offense, to number two in the nation in both those statistical categories, trailing only Ohio State. Simply incredible. Uh, but now, uh, just as quickly as those guys arrived, they're gone. Uh, Kitley's uh, now the first-year offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. Zappy, uh, a fourth-round selection, trying to catch on with the New England Patriots of the NFL. Uh, they've got a new offensive coordinator, Ben Arbuckle, who's mostly been Kitley's first lieutenant the last few seasons. So they're hoping to kind of continue what they started last year again with Austin Reed from Division II, West Florida quarterback. But I don't think they're going to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Uh, they're not going to average 44 points a game this year. Uh, they're not going to average 535 yards. Uh, I like the number at uh, Bet Rivers there, the under eight, juiced to minus 125. So I'll recommend Western Kentucky, under eight, minus 125 at Bet Rivers. And also, uh, for what it's worth, again, preseason is not – I mean, you, you be careful how much emphasis you place on preseason in the NFL, but when Bailey Zappi has gotten in there, he's looked pretty good and he's moved the football uh, at the uh, at the next level. All Not all transfer quarterbacks were created equally. No, not at all. Uh, neither of you have a strong opinion on Florida Atlantic, but uh, Bruce, what about this season? Now, they're six, um, a shade to the over a little bit, minus 131. They started 2021 five and three, and then lost their last four, all by double digits. Willie Taggart, now 10 and 11, uh, he replaces both of his coordinators. Yeah, big turnover in the staff there, and that's what happens when you fall apart down the stretch and you miss a bowl game, which looked like they were in in route to do. Uh, Brent Deerman is bouncing around some new offensive coordinator, really likes to go up-tempo. So we'll see how Nkosi Perry, the former Miami transfer, fares now that he's he had a full spring. I mean, it's a new offense this year, but at least he was around and they had a full spring practice, which they didn't the year before. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of blown hot and cold here. And down the stretch last season, this whole team struggled, and that was a big downer. So this is sort of an important year for Taggart to turn things around. This is one of the schools that's going to move up into the American next year. Uh, everything is should be plugged in there. They've got the new stadium there in Boca Raton. It's a great campus there. So the American is down into, into the Miami area right now. But they're going to need some more consistency out of that offense. And Dearman's – we'll see how this works uh, going up-tempo there. I, I'm bothered when I see a team fall apart like that the way this one did down the stretch last year. Something internally might not be right. Now, maybe Taggart – you know, maybe he was able to address that with some of the turn, uh, staff uh, changes. But I'm a little leery here. I mean, uh, that looks like a win number they might be able to clear, but I'm sort of neutral on Florida Atlantic until I see a bit more. That was really disturbing the way they fell apart down the stretch last year. All right, uh, Paul, speaking of uh, not uh, falling uh, falling apart down the stretch, that's not exact. That's not what happened in Denton, Texas. Just the opposite. Uh, North Texas, uh, the win total at six and a half. The number five rushing team uh, in all the land last year returns. Most of it's offensive line. They started one and six last year, and then they shifted their approach from the pass to the run. And they won their last five. They lost the bowl game, finished at six and seven. I know that you have an opinion on uh, North Texas, the mean green at six and a half. Yeah, my opinion, Jimmy's largely based on uh, defensive losses. You know, last year on the bright side, uh, North Texas got considerably better on defense. Uh, it was the first season in Denton for well-respected, longtime college football defensive coordinator Phil Bennett. Uh, they, they did some really good stuff there. But the two players most responsible for that defensive rebirth 
Uh, twin brothers Grayson and Gabriel Murphy, defensive ends, both first-team all-conference USA selections last year. Uh, they've taken their skills west uh, to the Rose Bowl. They're going to be uh, playing for UCLA this year, and I expect them to make an impact there as well just to show kind of what kind of impact or what type of contribution they made to the Mean Greens defense last year. They combined for 15 and a half sacks, 11 tackles for loss, and 17 quarterback hurries. That's a lot of havoc that's not going to be uh, easily replaced. With their loss, with their exit, North Texas is going to have four first-time starters on the defensive line, and uh, they're not going to be – so they're not going to be nearly as good on defense. They're not going to have 38 sacks like they did last year. They're not going to hold opponents to 152 yards a game rushing and four yards per carry uh, as they did last year either. Uh, in fact, they might revert more closely to their 2020 numbers when they gave up 269 yards per game rushing over six yards a carry. Probably be somewhere in the middle. But that defensive front's not going to be nearly as, well, uh, as, nearly as good. They do return on offense two quarterbacks with starting experience, uh, Austin Awney and Jace Rudder. Uh, but they've had a uh, last year they combined rather for a touchdown to interception ratio of 12 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. They're four road opponents. Of course, schedule is a big part of it when you're looking at these regular season totals. They're six road opponents, UTEP, UNLV, Memphis, UT San Antonio, Western Kentucky, and UAB. They might not win a single one of those games. Plus, they have home games against SMU and Florida Atlantic. I just don't see seven victories here for North Texas this year. Take under six and a half at Bet Rivers, minus 125. All right, Paul Stone endorsing the mean green under the six and a half win total, uh, minus 125. Uh, neither of you had a strong opinion on the uh, Blue Raiders out of Middle Tennessee State and Murfreesboro, but uh, Brucey, their win total is at five. Uh, they lost a, uh, a few players to the transfer portal which is common with the smaller conferences. You, Paul talked about the defensive lineman uh, from uh, North Texas going out to UCLA. Rick Stockstill, man, he has been there for all, 16 years, 101 and 98 uh, overall. New offensive coordinator. They're looking to do a, somewhat of an air raid offense. Uh, a, a, little bit, a few words about Middle Tennessee State, Bruce. Yeah, Mitch Stewart is the new offensive coordinator here, and Air Raid Disciple used to be a head coach at uh, Murray State, had been an offensive coordinator at Samford, which is what where uh, Jimbo Fisher came from once upon a time. Uh, but, yeah, they've, they're trying to go Air Raid here. It'll be important. Chase Cunningham, the quarterback who got hurt last year um, and, and was putting up some very good numbers before he got hurt, ACL. I mean, if he's back this year, and he's back, and if he's back near 100%, that's going to certainly help uh, Coach Stock still uh, quite a bit. Um, this is a this is a win total. I think they might be able to clear um, if Cunningham is back and they get this offense geared up the way uh, the way it should be. Um, like you said, he's been there. He's been there quite a long time. I uh, talking about Stockstill. I like this defense last year. Uh, big play uh, uh, defense last year. They did uh, you know led uh, the uh, led the FBS in a couple of uh, categories last year. So. If they can get those sort of big plays from the defense and Cunningham is healthy and this offense works, I think there's a chance they might clear five and a half. So that would be a lesser recommendation for me maybe on the oversight there. Plus, like we said, Stockstill has been there. He's been a good enough coach most of his career to get to six or seven wins, and that would do it for the over this year uh, and make the over a winner on the Middle Tennessee side. Paul, uh, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, and um, Sonny Cumbie takes over for Skip Holtz, who had a nice run. 
this it's it's amazing seeing Louisiana Tech in this conference with a win total at four and a half. There were three and nine uh, last year. What happened to the uh, Louisiana Tech uh, program? It's, it appears that it's on the slide where it's been it's been it's performed at such higher levels than what's expected uh, this year and what happened last year. I tell you, I was at the Independence Bowl in December of 2019 when, as a, uh, a two touchdown underdog, Louisiana Tech upset. Uh, Miami, Florida, um, but things since then have really spiraled downward, uh, leading to the dismissal, uh, as you indicated, of longtime head coach Skip Holtz. The Bulldogs only 8-14 and 14 straight up uh, since upsetting Miami in that bowl game. If you take out victories over FCS opponents, they're only 6-14 and 14 straight up their last 20 uh, against FBS uh, teams, so hadn't been very good the last 20 games. Holtz is out, and as you indicated, uh, Insteps former Texas Tech offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie, who also, as we all remember, uh, started a season for a quarterback for the Red Raiders back in 2004, had a pretty good year there, as I remember. Uh, Cumbie actually served as the Red Raiders interim head coach, Texas Tech, this past season uh, after the midseason dismissal of Matt Wells uh, got passed over for the job, uh, of course. Uh, he was uh, then later hired uh, by uh, Louisiana Tech as their head coach. This is Cumbie's first head coaching job. They just this morning, it was released that their quarterback is going to be Matthew Dowling. Uh, he's a guy out of the state of Georgia who signed originally out of high school with Georgia, then transferred to TCU. He's never played, really. He's only got 44 career passing attempts. Uh, when a guy's been around for three or four years like Downing and he hasn't made his way on the field, it does cause a little bit of reason for pause in my mind, but this level of play uh, might be, uh, you know, might be up his alley. Uh, but their offense, uh, having an inexperienced quarterback, I'm a little bit concerned there. They do have a non-conference schedule, including trips to Missouri, Clemson, and South Alabama. So the schedule maker really does come be no favors in year one. Uh, defensively, again, this is kind of where the breakdown has come as well. They've allowed uh, 30.4 points a game last year. They were particularly uh, vulnerable to the pass game. They gave up 268 yards per game, ranked 117th in pass defense. Uh, so Louisiana Tech and Sonny Cumbie have a little ways to go to get that program headed back in the previous direction. All right, Bruce, so one that you have uh, highlighted that you have an opinion on, UTEP Miners. Uh, now Dana Demmel, who has had some stops in this state and outside, uh, Man, what a rough start! Five and twenty-seven, but then last year seven and six. They returned uh, all six of their four-two-five, uh, the the front six of their four-two-five defensive scheme. Kind of leaning on JCs a little bit in El Paso. The uh, Bet Rivers number is five and a half now, shaded to the over at minus one forty-three. Yeah, I mean historically the JC route has worked for UTEP. Now there haven't been many successful eras there, but when Bob Stoll went to a bowl game and the independence back in the late 80s um, uh, Mike Price when he went to a couple bowl games they were a heavy JC uh, team and uh, and so coach Demel I mean they've done this before so I think it's worked pretty well for them Demel remember was a up-and-comer at one point in the coaching ranks when he was at Wyoming in the late 90s moved to Houston that didn't work out too well then he ended up back at Kansas State where he's from and he worked on Bill Snyder's staff rehabilitated himself and took this job uh, UTEP looks a little bit like uh, the, the Kansas State, like the Snyder teams. I think that's the, the personality that Demel wants. I like the fact a couple of his playmakers are back on offense, especially Gavin Hardison, quarterback. Very, very dynamic. 
the running back, uh, Awat, and top two running backs are back, and Awat was nearly a 1,000-yard rusher last year. They're going to have to break in some new receivers. But they do have some, some dynamism at quarterback there. But I think you mentioned the important thing there, that defense. Robust up front. They're front six. Everybody returns. Uh, they played very respectably last year. Now, down the stretch, they had a few problems last season after they started fast. But they still ended up 7-5, and five, and they pushed Fresno State pretty hard in the bowl game, too. So, uh, listen, in, in El Paso at the Sun Bowl, seven wins, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and I don't know that they're going to regress any this season. And Dimmel's got, I think, this program on the right track. I like having a quarterback back in the fold who did something last year and was a real playmaker, and having his top runner there helps. So I think there's a good chance they can clear uh, five and a half. Uh, and at the UTEP side now, you have to lay a little price there. The Bet Rivers got it at, at a minus one forty-three. I think we looked this morning. One fifty, on uh, yeah, one forty-three, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I lay a little bit, but I I think there's a good chance they get back to a bowl. So I'd still look on the overside. All right, uh, so Bruce Marshall, the gold sheet uh, with over UTEP the five and a half. Uh, Paul, this is one that you have circled, and the Rice Owls were four and eight in twenty twenty one. So that's the most wins in four seasons uh, in Houston for Mike Bloomgren. Um, impossible trips uh, to Houston and and uh, and USC. Uh, the lo- the total is at three at three. Shaded to the under, minus 155 for the Rice Owls. Yeah, a lot of two-and-a-halves market wide, but like you said, under three, uh, minus 155 there at Bet Rivers. Mike Holmgren, a former Stanford assistant, uh, now in his fifth season, 11-31 and 31 in his first four seasons there at Rice. I think if he doesn't make noticeable, uh, notable improvements this year, uh, this might be his last season, not really going out on a limb there. Uh, to be brutally honest, though, as I look at this roster, as I look at that schedule, I don't really find any concrete reasons to expect anything but more of the same from Rice. Uh, they had won before last year, as you indicated, I think, three or fewer games in each of their previous four full regular seasons. They typically uh, do, does Rice play a more difficult non-conference schedule than their conference USA brethren. This year is no different. Uh, you indicated their non-conference September schedule includes games at Southern Cal and Houston, and they've got home dates against FCS member McNeese State and Louisiana of the Sunbelt Conference. Over the last six years, for people interested in such things, Rice only 1-9 against the spread as a home favorite. They're going to be favored on September 10th against FCS McNeese. Might be favored on October 29th, the home game against Charlotte. It's just difficult for me to find four wins looking at Rice's schedule. I can't really even find three wins. I see a two and ten showing this year by the Owls. So I'm going to recommend taking Rice under three wins, minus 155 at Bet Rivers. All right, Dave Bruce, there's another win total at three that you've uh, that you have circled, and that is Florida International, one and eleven in 2021. Well, that was not against an FBS uh, opponent. This uh, So they lost all 11 to FBS uh, opposition last year, seven in a row to end 2020. They've lost 18 games versus FBS opposition. Florida International's win total at Bet Rivers is three. Yeah, and, some, and by the way, we're all old enough to remember when Rice used to be sort of competitive back in the 60s in the Southwest Conference, and they could go in these big boys and play them. That's a long time ago, so Paul might have something there with, with the Owls and the under. Florida International. Here, there, there, this is a general thought that I have. When things go as pear-shaped 
as they did for a program like Florida International last year. And this might apply, you know, like, like Temple too, and even in the NFL, the Giants, a team, maybe a team like that, uh, where things go so bad. And obviously there was a leadership, a communication problem, coaching change. I mean, it was unnatural to be as bad as that. It was unnatural for this team to be as bad as it was last year, but we know about all the problems the programs had there with Butch Davis in, out. I mean, it was uh, support from above. I mean, it was a mess. They have made, I think, a very smart hire in Mike McIntyre, who resurrected a a San Jose State program once upon a time. Didn't do all that bad at Colorado when you look back at what he achieved in Boulder. And, uh, again, old enough. I remember when he played for his dad at Vanderbilt, and he was a – as a punt returner, he had a great thing. He'd catch a punt, he'd fake right or fake left, then dive forward. So every punt return was like three yards. Then ended up going to Georgia Tech after his daddy uh, was out at Vanderbilt. But he he could rehabilitate himself here, and they are going to have a, a real coach and a real structure there, which they haven't had for the last couple of years. Now, you you can't fundamentally support this with with players' names and things because it's almost all completely new. Transfers, they've only got two starters back, offense and defense. I maintain that's not bad after losing 11 straight to close last season. But a lot of transfers and a lot of FBF transfers are in here. Gunnar Holmberg, the quarterback, was at uh, Indiana last year. Uh, He's going to probably take snaps uh, for the, the Panthers this year. And that schedule early on is not that uh, not that daunting for Florida International. I mean, I, I could see three wins by the time they get into into October. Bryant, the Bulldogs come in there, lower level. That's a w- game that McIntyre might win. Texas State is not an impossible game for them to win. Out in San Marcos, the second game is going to be tough. Uh, Western Kentucky, but then New Mexico State and UConn after that. Hey, they could have three wins by the time, even four, by the time we get into October, if they have made the upgrades. I think they might. So I, you know, you can't cite a lot of names here, except maybe Holmberg. But this is a this is a recommendation based upon much better structure, much better coaching, and the fact I've seen this happen before. They should not have been as bad as they were last year, and that was all down to a complete breakdown administratively and coaching. I think they've solved a lot of that with McIntyre this year. All right, so uh, Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet with the over, Florida International over three, and that one. Uh, the last team, you just want to say a few words about Paul, if you don't mind, and that is uh, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, uh, the win total at four and a half. Will Healy, 14 and 17 in three years, a lot of energy, and some people think he's got a chance. Uh, five and seven. Uh, last year, they do return 16 starters from a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, beginning with the positive, they, they've got a great uh, – quarterback uh, to receiver connection, uh, Chris Reynolds to Victor Tucker. Uh, Chris Reynolds, their veteran, six-year senior quarterback. He already holds a couple of school passing records, career passing yardage, career TD passes. Uh, Victor Tucker, their second all-time receiving uh, leader in a number of uh, categories as well. Uh, They averaged 29.3 points per game last year in conference play, which is really good. Uh, they've got Reynolds, Tucker, and six other starters coming back on offense. So I think offense can not going to be a problem. Uh, but on defense, uh, they only return six starters. Uh, they lose six of their four of their top six uh, tacklers. Last year, five opponents had over 500 yards against Charlotte. Charlotte ranked 108th or worse in the four major defensive statistical categories: scoring defense, total defense, uh, rushing defense, and passing defense. That came against a schedule ranked 129th by Phil Steele. Mm. Uh, so not really much to recommend here except in their last 12 Conference USA games, 9-3 and three to the over, which stands to reason they got a pretty good offense, don't play great defense, 9-3 to three 
a nine and three rather to the over in their last twelve conference games. Charlotte. Um, and looking back at the odds to win the conference this year in Conference USA, it's such a drastic drop off. The co favorites we talked on at the top: Texas San Antonio and UAB. Uh, both at plus 175. The next uh, next shortest odds are Western Kentucky at 7 to 1, Florida Atlantic 10 to 1, uh, North Texas 12, UTEP 16 to 1, Charlotte Middle Tennessee State at both 20 to 1. Can you make a case for anybody outside the top two to, to, to add some value to make a run at this uh, this conference championship? Bruce? Uh, it's difficult because guys, I think those are the two clear-cut favorites there. And, and I'd be very reluctant to push uh, Western Kentucky with all the changes. I don't think they're going to be quite as potent or as good as they were last year. Um, I, but, no, I think it's going to be those two. If I had one, I might actually give UTEP a look here because I like Dana Dimmel, what he's been doing there. They've been on the improve. They've got a very good quarterback in the fold. That robust defensive front that we talked about, the front six all back, that might be a, a, a price I might be interested in. But I would be very surprised if it's not those two uh, in the conference championship game. That's UAB and UTSA. Paul, how about you? You know, Texas San Antonio, uh, even though they do have some defensive losses, they've got a great offense coming back. They've got a veteran quarterback in Frank Harris who, like Bruce pointed out, he's got to stay healthy. He has had uh, trouble staying on the field. But I like that offense. And Jeff Trailer. In his first two seasons, he's pulled seven outright upsets. So they've won seven games as the betting underdog straight up. Roadrunners eight and two as an underdog against the spread. Uh, you know, pressed to it, I would take Texas San Antonio to win Conference USA. Week zero, a couple of Conference USA teams are uh, in action. Charlotte at Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is minus seven. And North Texas minus one at UTEP. Uh, Bruce, the, any of those games catch your attention? I, I think the second one there is interesting. By the way, the, the, the first one, the FAU Charlotte, that game, a little revenge for Charlotte. Charlotte led that game at halftime last year, ended up losing 38-9. to So a little revenge maybe for Charlotte. But I think UTEP is interesting there. They lost in the last second at uh, Denton last year, late in the season when UTEP, um, when North Texas was starting to make make a run. But they still they only gained about three point seven per carry in that game. They didn't really run over uh, UTEP. Uh, the fact Hardison's fact, the fact they're at home, that defensive front I think is a good matchup uh, for uh, for, uh, for for Dimmel in this game against. We talk about on a. Let's also mention Grant Gunnell, the transfer quarterback, comes in from uh, Arizona and Memphis, but he's not all that accomplished either. This was a a, a, a passing game that didn't really work last year. Tough to take that out on the road. Uh, revenge, the fact UTEP also a little burn at Saddle here. Hey, these guys are going to American. We didn't get the invite there. So I think it all shapes up. I'm surprised uh, UTEP's a slight dog here. I think they're going to win this game outright. Paul, any of those two games, do uh, you have an opinion on them? Not real, real strong. I would kind of in the UTEP uh, North Texas game, I would lean to the under there. Uh, I like UTEP defense, uh, UTEP's defense. UTEP's offense not going to be as good, I don't think, personally, with the loss of Jacob Cowing, who transferred back home to the University of Arizona, 1,000-yard receiver last year, 20 yards per catch. Uh, lose him, and they lose another receiver. I can't think of his name that had over 50 catches last year. They comprised a lot of their offense last year. So I kind of would uh, um, lean to the under in that uh, North Texas-UTEP game. 
All right, looking at our Conference USA picks uh, first uh, for Bruce Marshall. Uh, he has over UAB, over the eight-and-a-half uh, wins, uh, shaded to the over by Juice, minus 134. Florida International, FIU, over three. Uh, UTEP, UTEP, and, uh, UTEP is over five-and-a-half. And then one under for Bruce, Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners, uh, they are minus, uh, sorry, under eight and a half, shaded minus 143. Paul Stone with three is all liking the unders. Look, doom and gloom for Paul in Conference USA this year. Under North Texas, North Texas six and a half, uh, minus 125. Western Kentucky under eight. Well, that's a hell of a void to refill almost 6,000 yards and 62 TDs for Bailey Zappi. Under 8, minus 125. And Rice under, yes, Bruce, Tommy Kramer is long gone from uh, the Rice Owls. Mine, uh, under 3, minus 155. So uh, any, anything else about Conference USA, you know, for the win totals, for as we're moving forward, uh, some things, some keys, key players like you talked about with uh, Texas San Antonio, um, uh, with the uh, – Frank Harris, and maybe just some final thoughts on this conference that may help shape your uh, handicap in moving forward this college football season. Well, Bruce, one you thing first. To, yeah, one thing to watch, and we mentioned that about uh, about Harris at, at UTSA, the quarterback. Um, watch the injury thing here. Listen, a lot of these quarterbacks don't last the whole season. So, I mean, depth, depth often makes a big difference in this league when some players start getting hurt. And we see things like the second half of last season where some teams start to fade out of it, like Florida Atlantic and UTEP even had some trouble the second half of last season. So as the season progresses, watch the injury wire, watch, see if any quarterbacks go down. Things could change what they look like in September. By the time you get to mid, late October into November, things could look a lot different. So just keep an eye on that situation. Teams could, uh, the depth factor really comes into to play in this league oftentimes. Paul, there's no doubt about that with these, uh, these, lower level conferences in these teams uh, they, they just don't have a whole lot of depth anything else uh, that help help shape our handicap and moving forward in the 2022 season i'll tell you i'm looking at a game in week three i know people love to talk about ohio state and, and notre dame and, and georgia oregon in week one and the big highlight games among the blue bloods of the sport but texas san antonio in week three they get to go to austin to play the university of texas texas is going to be coming off of a huge game against alabama um, you know, they might be banged up. They're going to be putting a lot of energy, a lot of collective team psyche into that Alabama game. But UTSA, all their focus is going to be on uh, going up I-35, about 85 miles to play the Longhorns. I project the line right now, Texas about minus 16. This is a good Texas team that's going to be good on offense, but they're not a great team. I think UTSA might catch, uh, catch them napping. I'm looking forward to taking the Roadrunners plus over two touchdowns over the Longhorns in week three. Paul Stone and Bruce Marshall will be with us at, uh, at all uh, every week uh, throughout the college football season, breaking down their favorite picks is with an emphasis uh, on some of these smaller conferences as well. They pay out the same way, but uh, not maybe not as much emphasis by the odds makers on these lower handle games. For Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet, Paul Stone for Paul Stone Sports. I'm Jimmy Ott, Sports Better's Paradise, part of the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.